Hello and welcome to the 2017 end of year UFC awards for the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron and uh, joining me today is Jack Evans, Rory Ford and Troy Weaver. Rory, good to have you back. Yeah, cheers mate. It's, uh, I feel like the enthusiasm has really come back, which I'm sure everyone will really appreciate. We uh, said last week, it was just me and Connor, we said that the snow hit us and it's just completely just wiped everything out. By the wow. fact, every, Cam has gone missing. We don't know where Cam <laughs> is. We thought you'd gone missing as well. No, mate. TK, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what happened to TK. <laughs> I think he's... Sorry, is it you that's gone missing, mate? You don't know what's happened to a lot of people. He's, TK's looking for Cam. <laughs> All right, at, at the time of recording this, it is the 13th of December. We'll release it around Christmas, just so we're not going to reference the UFC Winnipeg results. So if anything major happens there that affects what we say today... That's the reasoning. Merry Christmas to all the listeners as well. Yeah. All right, so if we get into it, basically we'll give a topic, we'll each give our kind of uh, answers for it and then we'll kind of go back and forth. And if we can, we'll kind of agree a mutual answer. If not, then we'll move on. So probably the best place to kick off then has to be a male fighter of the year, separated the two. We don't want to put some of them dodgy pound for pound lists. Um, so Rory, if we go to you first, um, who do you have as your fighter of the year and why? Um, well, I was torn between two, DJ, uh, so Demetrius Johnson, and I also put Max Holloway as my okay. other choice. But ultimately, I plumbed for DJ. Okay. Um, based on the fact he's obviously history breaker this year, he seems to just do things that we just don't expect to see from anyone else. Yeah. For that weight class, he can finish, guys, which is quite rare at that weight. He's just on an absolute tear. I think, you know, he is now pound for pound top. Uh, yeah, I went for him. But, you know, an honourable mention to Max Holloway. He's obviously knocked out Aldo twice. Yeah. He's got to the belt. He's unified the division. So he, he was a very close second. But just because Demetrius has obviously got that you know, sort of yeah. bit of history, he's he's uh, my pick. Does him... Uh... Ducking Dillashaw possibly affect? Did it come into um, play when you were picking uh, your fighter? It did annoy me a little bit based on the fact of who he's fought. When you think Holloway's obviously KO'd a seemingly great fighter. However, I don't know. Johnson is still on just a different level of what he can do compared to... Fighter as well. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what's going on. Yeah. He's uh keeping that belt warm for my man Louis Smoker, who we'll wow. hear from later in the episode. I think a lot of it is, you know, sometimes we see this fighter of the year can sometimes be interpreted as most improved of the year. Yeah, he's the guy mean. that's kind of, or even most yeah, of it's yeah. kind of like we've mentioned before. I don't know if you've been on here where we've said realistically LeBron should be the MVP every single year. Yeah. But because other guys are raising their level and mm-hmm. he's staying consistently, then yeah. I think he's got it like two, three times max. Yeah, that, that's kind of the, the yeah. point I'm trying to make. It probably worded a little bit better. All right, um, Jack, if we go to you next, do you agree with Rory or going differently? I had the same top two. I also thought Whitaker had a good okay. year. I think the way he started by defeating Jackery, I thought yeah. that that almost cemented his spot. And I yeah. think that match against Rockhold, I'm looking forward to. I yes, that'll agreed. Be, that'll be a great, great fight. But I went the opposite to you. I went, I went with Holloway. And that... I think maybe with Dillashaw, Deck and that, I think that might may have tainted yeah. him and that. And although it's got nothing to do with 
yeah, actual, I get what you mean. actual like ability and that. I still yeah. think the way in which Holloway's taken out Aldo twice, yeah. I think he did deserve it. But like you say, DJ, yeah, the manner in which he's finished him is is incredible, isn't it? Uh, Troy, if we go to you, um, yeah, I'm uh, going for DJ too. Um, it's strange because you, your guys um, who you picked in your sort of top two is a, a combination of who I had in the top three. It was for me. It was it was between Whitaker, um, DJ. And uh, who did you say? Sorry, Holloway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we've only just been there. Um, so yeah, for me, um, DJ, like you just said, he done some. He does things that you know the minds sometimes can't even, you know, fathom. In his his first fight of the year, of course, he fought uh, Wilson Hayes, wasn't it? Yeah, beat Wilson Hayes pretty easily. Busted him up yeah. badly as well. Then took out Ray Borg in a fashion of which was like something out of Dragon Ball Z. And I know he's a big fan of anime and things like that. So he probably has taken a lot of his inspiration from these type of stuff. Uh, Also, going back to why he's my choice for, even though he's only fought twice, we touched on this just before we came on air, that it's it's a difficult one when picking a fighter of the year, when guys guys at the top of the divisions are only fighting two, maybe maybe three times maximum in a year. But to, to... to get in two title defences, I think quite rare in this day and age that we're sort of living in at the moment of UFC. Um, so I think, yeah, he did he did really well this year and hopefully next year to continue. Long live the king. Yeah, I'll close it out with mentioning a name that's already been mentioned. Uh, Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whittaker, I went for as my uh, number one just because I think kind of maybe fits in with what you said about the improvements, but I thought the manner in which he won, that he stopped Jacare, which I think I came on here and said it was free money to bet on Jacare against uh, Whitaker, And then uh, with Romero, he had his leg blown out in the first round, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he fought on to win the decision there. And I thought they were both fights where he wasn't supposed to win. Like the Jacare fight, they gave him that big bumper deal just before the fight because I think they expected him to kind of go through Whitaker. And then the Romero one, I think they were building up. There was already the tension with um, Bisping and Romero. So that was the fight I think they were looking to push. And uh, so that one there didn't happen. I thought just a combination of, I thought they had the two best wins if you put the wins together of anyone. My only my only thing, probably why I didn't pick Whitaker or wasn't given a mention. It sounds really harsh, but he's almost the soft champ. He's still got to go and unify the division. That's why I perhaps gave Holloway a bit he's of a higher been, ranking. He's been given the belt, kind of, by yeah, by yeah. default almost. Yeah. He, he's got to go the and beat. He, yeah, he's got to <laughs> go and beat or defend his title. Whereas obviously we've got Holloway's defended, and so's DJ. Yeah, that start of next year. We we said before about how it was a weak start to this year. So mm-hmm. at the start of next year, you've got Nganu against Miocic, you've got Özdemir against Cormier, and you've got Rockhold against. Uh, Whitaker, so that's a great start to next year. Um, if we go on then to female fighter of the year, does anyone have anyone other than Nama Yunus? Before we, yeah, uh... I do. Okay, go on then, Roy. Cyborg. Preempting her win over Holly Holm. We'll get on to that. By but... the end of the year, she will be female fighter of the I've year. I've got a few things to say about her. Well, <laughs> aside from the potential... Um, <laughs> the potential elephant in the room, which I'm sure... Unless it's the first time you've ever heard of UFC, you probably know what we're referring to. You're giving her a fighter of the year for passing a test clean. Well, I'm, I'm also giving a fighter of the year for beating bums, really. Yeah, exactly. But um, I just think she will beat Holly Holm, so it's almost like a preemptive one of 
I know we've yeah. said that we're recording two weeks before the end of the year, but I do think by the end of the year she will. Okay, yeah. Nama Yunus, I thought, probably the biggest win that anyone's recorded mm-hmm. this year in the UFC, and we'll kind of get onto that, I think. But there, just kind of an honourable mention, I thought, was um, Jessica Andrade, who lost kind of in, in vain to Yedjecek, and I think she's someone, and maybe kind of look differently after the Rose one, but it's someone kind of like when you lose to Mayweather and you don't really lose too much in terms of your kind of respect levels. No one sees you any differently if you kind of go out on your shield or if you put it all in. And I think she basically by the end of that, she her head was just like a battering ram. But Rose uh, beat Watson via first round sub in that was the start of the new deal with the UFC. And they were really looking to kind of push one of those two, I think. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the first round KO of uh, Joanna. Um, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll save some that to get on to. But um, breakthrough male fighter of the year then. I was just going to mention one oh, more on that's it. perhaps slipped under the radar. Cynthia Calvillo as a female fighter of the year. She's won, oh, okay. four, she's won four fights this year. Admittedly not. I don't think they've all been in the UFC. One was outside of the UFC at the start of 2017. So she's won three fights in the UFC. Two by finish. She hasn't fought since July. So, I mean, if you were Fighting doing it... 219. Yeah. But even yeah, still, yeah. like, at this current stage, yeah, she, she's won four fights. She's yeah. undefeated. She's now ranked. So, she's gone from not being in the UFC to being ranked. Yeah. Admittedly, probably easier to do in the female divisions than it is in the male. Yeah. But even still, I thought that would be one that I would certainly give a mention to. Yeah. I think, Jack, by the way, you raised yeah. your hand as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that with that one, it's, it's hard to distinguish whether you want to put that as the female fighter of the year or as in the breakthrough yeah. because of the way, yeah. the way in which. So that's where I found it found it hard. Because yeah. when you look at the women's band's way, I could, I can even pick a fighter to say yeah. who, was, who was the best in that because I think it was only defended once yeah. in, in the year and that, and that was a split decision which could, yeah. which could have gone either way. So I think to pick, to pick someone from that division was tough. Yeah. Um, so if we go on to breakthrough male fighter of the year, um, Jack, if we carry on with you, um, who did you have for this one? I've gone with Volkan. Yep. Because purely from going, I think he was he unranked. Yeah. Like just coming into the UFC after yeah split decision against. Yeah, Alex I was Keegan. I was reading up on him earlier. He um had a couple of fights in Bellator, and I think he won, and then he went up a weight, and then he was choked out, and then he was a free agent signed with the UFC, stepped in on. 10 days notice I think it was for the OSP fight and obviously oh, okay. yeah, yeah went from there and then I was thinking then in the manner in which he's finished his last three yeah. fights considering like it was against Manoa it was yeah that was meant to be the stepping stone for Manoa just to promote the yeah. DC versus him fight and then that was another one where I don't think any of us picked him to beat Manoa we said if you're going to stand and trade then we're picking Manoa yeah, exactly. every day of the week yeah. there um, if I carry on then yeah I went with Volcan as well same reasons as Jack I thought Someone I think well, some may get on to Ngannou, and I thought just the difference between the two was it was kind of expected for him, whereas Uzdemir kind of really has broken through from being someone that most of us probably didn't even know who he was. True, yeah. Even going into the Manoa fight, we still don't really know too much about him now. <laughs> and so, yeah, to go from that straight to a title shot with no real hype there, he's kind of put in, as you said, to make other fighters look good. And it's not worked out. The Sirkinov one, I think, was 48 seconds. Um, it's a three-round decision. And then it was it like 18 seconds against Manoa. Something ridiculous like that. So, uh, Troy, uh, what about you? Well, I've, I have actually gone with Francis Ngannou. Um, I think when I was doing a bit of research on him, he had his first fight 
back in, uh, I think it was December 2015. So he's been around a little while. In 2016, he was knocking a couple of bums out. And then 2017, he burst onto the scene really like a African combine harvester, smashing up everything in his way. And uh, I think this, obviously, this year has been a bit, well, not just this year, actually. The last good few years since Brock Lesnar probably disappeared, you know, and started to become part-time, the heavyweight division has been a bit stale. And uh, I think someone like Francis Ngannou is going to put the bums back on seats for that division. Um, so I'm thinking, well, I'm hoping for anyway that he's going to continue on in this vein. He, you know, Alistair Overeem and uh, who else did he defeat that this Olofsky. year? That's it, Olovsky. Oh, yeah, it was obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, tipping him for big things next year as well. So he might break through. Fire. I think the only reason I didn't choose him was because I think the matchups he has as have been tailor made for him. Yeah. Whereas with Volcan, yeah. whereas with Volcan, I think the UFC didn't really want him to win that matchup versus Manoa. But I, but I also think that in the UFC, uh, in the heavyweight division, there isn't much um, sort of tried and tested fighters that you can hand a man without them being a big name and already in their late 40s. Yeah, because the true. division's kind of either you've just came into the scene or you're on your way out of the scene. There is no real middle ground in the heavyweights, really, is there? Like There's no sort of fighters that just plot. I mean, your Roy Nelson's disappeared. But he would have been a good fight against Ngannou, I think, wouldn't he? That would have been a nice matchup. The one I'd have liked to see him in with before the title shot was Vadum, just to see something a bit different if he could get taken onto the mat. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, it doesn't Steve make much sense. It. Yeah. Osby's wrestler, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Background. What about you, Rory? Who are you going for? Um, again, I, I did have a few picks for this, but my final pick was Ngannou. Potentially okay. a KO of the year. He's, he's knocking guys out with both hands. I mean, the other two that I gave honourable mentions to were Darren Till, because yep. I openly admit, said before the Cowboy fight, who is he? I, I didn't yeah, even yeah. know who he was, really. Um, and Weirdly, that's only a few months ago. And the other one, I, I know um, I've been saying him for a, a little while now, and I've got a lot of time <laughs> for him, but uh, Brian Ortega, who we saw win at the weekend, yeah. um, you know, he's gone, he got finishes in, in his fights, and, you know, he was behind against Mykano, who's probably... Well, that- Start I sent you where they said officially he, despite being unbeaten, he's not yet won a round in, in the, the UFC. UFC. <laughs> but despite that, he, he is still... I don't even think he won the first round on yeah, Saturday. I mean, that's yeah. the thing we can... <laughs> he may have done because of that choke near the end. Yeah. But I mean, even that we can briefly speak about now. That that choke was ridiculous. To be able to get that crank whilst mm. being kind of like... His, his jiu-jitsu is ridiculous. And I saw... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I Cubs saw... Uh, Sorry, no, go on. Yeah, Cub said um, he he felt like he was going to die. He said when that <laughs> choke was in, he said that's why he was frantically. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did panic. Yeah. Even then, it was kind of like because he was holding on to him, he couldn't really let go without just flopping on his back. So I no, think yeah, he expected yeah. Cub to kind of fall with him, and he didn't, and so that's why he held on <laughs> for so long. Yeah, but yeah, he was... looked horrible after as well. Mm. I think the thing with Ortega as well is he has been getting the finishes, but he's been getting finishes against fight against fighters that have now almost. It's a horse racing deal, but Frank the form almost. They've gone on to then win fights like like Mokano knockout yeah. of the weekend. You think like he has fought a very dangerous guy there and managed to finish him, and a guy who's actually very good on the ground and he still managed to choke him out. Well, they spoke to his coach, who I can't remember the name of, unfortunately, before the fight, and they asked him why he's leaving it so late, and he said, "Well, jujitsu." He said, "People here seem to think it's like an offensive thing now," and he said, "Jujitsu is literally." about you put yourself in a position so as soon as they make a mistake, mm. then you're ready to capitalise on it. And he said it's literally 
him just kind of feeling his way around, which obviously you could take it with a pinch of salt, yeah. but he said he kind of feels his way until they make the mistake for the him and it just happens there. Well. I mean, I think he lost the round against Swanson, but then when he came out in the second round, he still wasn't being massively outclassed. You know, he was still, he was, he was hanging with well, him. For me now, that is the most interesting fight for Max to take because mm. Edgar, we know what he's going to do, but it's kind of like, if he wins it, then it's not going to be around for too long. It's nice to have some young guys coming through that are exciting. And they're quite literally is, we kind of get striker versus grappler a lot in the UFC, but Max isn't really a one-punch knockout guy. So yeah. there's going to be the chance for as long as it stands. And the size of Ortega compared to Max. Yeah, yeah, he, he's far, um, he's like mm. he's like bulky, isn't he? As well he's really as... Tall. He, was he 5'11"? Yeah, I, I tweeted actually as soon as I saw them in the cage game, I was like, Jesus, the size of him. He's, mm. I don't know how he, like, he must boil himself down Trains for the way Nate, horribly. Think, doesn't he? Pardon? Trains with Nate a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm not too sure, but... but he had that... So he's a Gracie man. We had the, he had Chris LV, Chris LV, Fear? Chris Beer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's from that sort of area, Anaheim, California, stuff yeah, to that sort of way. Brendan Shaw, shout out to Big, uh, Big Brown. Yeah, he, 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 he loves him. He won me over when he came out to uh, DMX as well. <laughs> he was rapping it when he was walking into the cage as well, it was class. Yeah. Um. So on to uh, Breakthrough Female Fighter of the Year. Um. Rory, you mentioned earlier, I, I yeah. took Cynthia Calvillo for this. I didn't think there was many alternatives to go for. Everyone in the division seems to be established. Even like the prospects have come through and they've been matched as, I don't, I don't know if fodder is the right word, but they've been kind of thrown into the deep end so you can't really see them grow. Whereas she clearly looks like someone the UFC is trying to push. Well, she's just been signed as, um, oh, what's the sports drink they've just signed up with? Oh, Kobe, Kobe's drink. Yeah, is, yeah. It not, is it not her? Well, I think it was Cody, her and Ngano, was it? Yeah, that sounds like about right. Yeah. Athletes. yeah, I think. I mean, I was going to speak about her a bit when we get onto the UFC 219 things, but she kind of looks like she has like the perfect level of like spite when she fights. Like she looks like someone who, even though she doesn't have the most exciting fighting style, it's someone that you want to watch. The, the way she takes people's back, though, like she was in like north south against somebody, and she managed to get to their back. Amanda Cooper, ridiculous. that was in her debut. Yeah, and then Amanda Cooper's just one convincing. I know it was against mm. Angela Magano on Saturday, but yeah, this this year she defeated Montana Stewart in her debut. Sorry, then Amanda Cooper, then Pearl Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. Was Montana then, Stewart not? I think that was in a different organization. I think. Yeah, I'm just on this oh, year sorry, is what sorry. she's done. Yeah, Montana Stewart, Amanda Cooper, Pearl Gonzalez, and then Joanna Calderwood. Yeah, and that was the first real tough fight for, her, and you saw her kind of come through some adversity and then kind of grit down for the fifth round. It was kind of a controversial decision. I I thought some people said. It could have gone either way. Yeah. But she's kind of showed that she can do the five rounds and mm-hmm. all sorts. Um, what about you? You the same, Roy? Yeah, absolutely no. I, I didn't even have another fighter to put in. Yeah, Jack? Yeah, it's, it's the same for me as well, yeah, I think. But like, <laughs> when, you, when you try to look at yeah. any sort of win streaks, there just aren't any. Because if you do have those prospects that do go up yeah. against those established fighters and they do lose, so I think. <laughs> Judging by your iPhone background, I thought you were going to go Paige Van Zandt, Roy. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to uh, fight of the year then. One of the big awards of the year, probably after male fighter of the year. Um, if we start with you, Troy, um, what have you picked for this one? Well, um, I had a couple of fights in mind. One of the fights that I was really gonna was was 100 made up, 
and I wrote it down and I started writing um, a bit about it and then I realised that the next question after that was come back of the year so yeah. then I scrapped that and threw it in the bin and so started again um, so I went with Aldo Holloway 1 um, I think wasn't exactly you know like a great slugfest pound for pound taking leather out of each other but I think it was just an excellent example of passing the baton on almost um, I think it's just what the division needed after Mr. McGregor deciding to do what he do does and whatever and the featherweight division just needed that sort of little little jump lead just to say we're still alive and it's you know there's still some great things coming out of this division and I think for him to put on a, uh, a performance that he did in that first fight when I when I actually did pick Aldo to be fair I thought that we might you know after him being chucked about and being sort of had what happened with him I, I thought maybe we might see a glimpse of the old Aldo return and it obviously it didn't happen and then it didn't happen again but yeah so for that reasons that's that was my fight of the year yeah uh, Jack if we go to you next uh, what have you picked for this one I think the same with the comeback story, but and it's easy to go with something that happened more recently because yeah. I, I automatically think of the Gaethje Alvarez scrap, yeah. which was that was unreal, which was just great to see because I was when I first like heard about it, the way Alvarez has been in the UFC, you thought he's given it the talk and that, but then yeah. he could have done his boring wrestling thing. But to, to be fair to him, he did stand up and he did just trade the whole time, which was exactly what you wanted in that. And the one that I think may have been a bit underrated was the Andraj Gadea. Yeah, fight. that was yeah, that was great that actually. Was, that was I think that was a bit early on in the yeah. year and that, so I, f- I forgot about that as I was looking through the cards. Yeah. But that was also a great, a great scrap. But I think yeah, the Alvarez Gaethje one takes it for me. I stuck with Gaethje as well. And I went for Gaethje against Michael Johnson, purely kind of with the fights of the year. When I'm looking, I tried to look for um, kind of like a back and forth, which the Gadelia one was. I think I remember saying. The first like two minutes or so was the best I'd seen Gadelia look, and then it went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the the Gaethje one was perfect. Where the the points kind of where you think someone's completely out of it, and then they come back, and then even just the finish was so conclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with that one there, and then uh, Troy, what about you? Oh, you've done two first, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm still here, mate. I'm still here. <laughs> Go on, Roy. Cheers, mate. Thanks for throwing it over. Troy, do you want to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I went for Gaethje v. Johnson. It was just a great fight. but I couldn't believe that when... Uh, probably going on to the next one maybe a little bit, but when Gaethje was nearly out and I cashed my bet out that I had on Jesse Taylor and, uh, <laughs> and Gaethje for the same amount of money that I put on just because I thought he was about to get slept. And then he's come back and done that. But um, yeah, it went, it, it went from... A brilliant looking bet to a horrible bet, back to a brilliant looking bet, and but still has that's life. Um, the other one that I thought slipped under the rider that, that I really enjoyed and stepped up to the plate was um, David Tamer v Lando yeah. Venata, because yeah. it was thrown in as a co-main event when it should have been a mediocre, potentially headlining prelims kind of fight when the card was originally built. That was it? on Woodley Thompson too, was it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then there was just loads of pullouts. Yeah. Like the the card nearly fell apart, and these two guys are thrusted into the limelight. Well, Vanata took some yeah. I think he was actually. Shots. I think he was actually on the prelims, and then they kind of threw it in just mm. as the replacement there. Mm-hmm. But it was a great fight. Yeah, that was great. And it was two guys that we didn't really we we knew a little bit about, but at the same time we didn't know how good they could be. It wasn't like we really thought, oh, what a great fight. And yeah, yeah, the clinch that Tamer was landing on Vanata, and then Vanata just kept walking forward. It. I really enjoyed it, and yeah, it was a fight that I wasn't expecting to deliver. 
I think sometimes that's what's com- that's what can make a great fight is the lack mm-hmm. of expectation going yeah. into a fight of just don't really know too much about these guys. Let's see what happens, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And yeah, I, I remember that fight was a cracking yeah. fight. Well, yeah, because uh, my brother's recently started getting into UFC, and this was one I didn't expect him to be watching, but I quickly realised when I could kind of hear us both reacting to what was happening yeah. in the rooms next to each other. Mm-hmm. But I said to Connor as well when um, when we were speaking about UFC earlier in the week, one of the things I quite like with this one is it's almost more exciting for him not knowing UFC and following it as much that when you don't know anything about the fighters and you mm-hmm. kind of just can just pick a fighter beforehand yeah. and you have no expectation whether it's like a journeyman in there or there's someone great and you can just see it unfold. I kind of, the, the excitement started building when they were introducing and then somebody said, oh, Tame has been like Swedish kickboxing champion or Muay Thai champion like five he times. He was expected to lose as well, Yeah, wasn't and then they went, and then Lando Venata has been landing these spinning kicks yeah. and shit and I was like, this could be interesting actually and then Tamer, well, a conclusive yeah. points decision, but a really, really good fight at the same time. Yeah, the, this is another one where I think we may be fairly conclusive in our pick. So if we go on to knockout of the year, um, if I open us off, I've got Ngarno against Overeem. I mean, last week I described it as footage now being like a snuff film. If you watch it back, it's just horrible. The way Overeem's head goes battle about that one picture where his head is almost looking like it's about to hit his back. I refuse to pick that, purely based on the fact that Ngannou was disgusting and landed in shots when the ref's trying to drag him off. Well, you laugh when Henderson did it to Bisping. No, I enjoyed that. Though. <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't like that, usually. I say usually. I don't really, like, really like it this time. I almost think it looks cooler when they... When, like the hunt where he walks, walks away, away. And Eddie, where he put his arms oh, up, and then Herb yeah. Dean's made him carry on. Yeah. When, they know, when they know yeah. what they've done, yeah. He said um, on, he did a kind of like a stream on Instagram where he watched the fight back whilst having a pint. And he was like, everyone come have a pint with me whilst we watch this. (laughs) And he said it back and he was like, honestly, I really didn't want to hit him after. But Herb kind of looked at me and I know he's that guy. In a split second, he's going to be back up on his feet trying to kick my legs again. (laughs) Um, So what what did you go for there now, Rory? Um, I actually listed three quite different ones. The OSP, Corey Anderson... Which was that was an awful night yeah, for me, an yeah. awful <laughs> high kick that ended his life nearly. That was ridiculous because he he fainted it about eight times in a row, and you were thinking he's going to know it's coming yeah. in a minute, <laughs> and then he just puts his head right there. It was a ridiculous KO. Um, one that I don't think many people would have even remembered, but I really enjoyed was Gus trying to take to share his head off with those uppercuts. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a really good yeah, kick. It was just clean shot after clean shot, <laughs> the but the same really uppercut like one, over and over. Where you know they're out, but they're still on their feet. Was, yeah. Um, oh yeah. When Mikey Garcia knocked out uh, Zlatan Cannon earlier in the year, where he got the uppercut and then he was kind of spinning backwards, his eyes weren't there, <laughs> and he's literally come through the ropes and just smashed him and, like he was dead. And the other one was um, Barboza, the flying, flying knee on Dariush. Yeah, that cost me money. That did. That was. That was a pretty brutal one. Um, I, w- I was really struggling to pick between them all, but probably I, for the fact it was just the one shot and you knew it was over, I'm going to go for the OSP high kick. I haven't seen you in person since that. That was one of those freakish ones, wasn't it, where it's almost uncomfortable to watch it. Well, It reminded me of um, when Romero put a flying knee on Weidman, where I felt Shut horrible watching it. Surely you must have seen it before since then. OSP v Anderson, surely. I don't think I have. Oh, I'm thinking it was on... Um, that was ages ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking it was on 218. That's what no, yeah, I have seen. That yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. 
Um, Jack, what about you? I did choose Ingarno's one, yeah. but then the one on the weekend, the Marlon Marais oh. against Aljamain yeah. Sterling that yeah. Oh, yeah. Made, so that, made him do the dab as that, he was out. Tried to kick him and ended up kneeing yeah. him clean well, in the face. Yeah. That footage oh, yeah. where he's asking people if Sterling's dead yeah. in the octagon <laughs> after, he looks genuinely like so worried. He's like, it, as he moved, is he, he was, alive? He was seriously yeah. gone. Another one I mentioned was uh, Holly Holm against Betch Carrera. Purely yeah. for the fact that Betch is waving her arm. Yeah. And then yeah, to get a face, fu- face full of her shin was That's just the one as well, where she's on the floor, sat up, and, and then she's me- out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holly Holm just runs over that wall yeah. left hand that and just cleans her up. And then the one early on in the year with Mike Perry and Ellenberger from yeah. the clinch. Oh, I forgot about that. Him. I forgot about that. And that was just one of them ones where he just knew straight away yeah. he was out before he even <laughs> hit the floor. Unreal. That was a yeah, brutal one. The Mike Brown elbow as well. Probably getting on Was that the spinning back elbow? I'm just trying to think now. That this was quite recent. I'm trying to think that which was one was that, and it was the first time it's happened. Yeah, it was. It's quite an early on fight, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember who it was. It, it, no, no, this spinning, spinning back elbow. elbow. Yeah. I feel like it was someone's Zahabi because it cost me money, and then the the, the, no, it was. It was the, the night card, went. But it yeah, wasn't him. it was the GSP card. Because yeah. the night went like that, and I lost on every single fight. Was that Alaheim? Was that his name? Something Alaheim. I've no clue. We'd, uh, we'll have to look it up. But so yeah, we know the one you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it was on two seventeen. It was the first fight of the night. Is that is that what you? Uh, no, no, for? I was. I I went with Francis Ngannou yeah. as well. To be fair, <laughs> but that one just popped in my yeah. mind. Yeah. After Rory mentioning, I might change my fighter of the year to Jesse Taylor as well. Friend, <laughs> friend of the show. The the thing with um, Marais as well, I was annoying. I was supposed to have him on here. And uh, I've, I was texting him, and every text he sends me, he says he puts my friend at the end, and then he doesn't reply for like another week <laughs> afterwards. And I kept trying to set it up, but we'll, we'll get him, I'm sure. I was thinking him against um, Cody next to see cool. that that would be great. Um, if we go on, then so submission of the year. This is one where I think most are going to have <laughs> yeah. the same. So is is everyone going for? The DJ. DJ against goes, Paul. Yeah. The only other one, maybe, is a, a moment. I can see you shaking your head. <laughs> I know what you're when when GSP say. sleeps Bisping, just for the moment of he's back, but the actual technique and wow factor, it's got to be DJ. The only other one that I noted down was outside of the UFC, but just in terms of MMA, and it was um, Brandau against Makchayev, where he he was on his back and he kicks him up in the air and spins him for the helicopter oh, armbar yeah, and he catches yeah. it. That's that was one ridiculous. of the best things I've seen. It's one of those ones that people that don't even know anything about fighting share it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've kind of referenced it a couple of times. We've got comeback of the year. Was the one referenced Elkins against Bektic? Yeah. Yeah. Like I watched that again earlier, I'm real. Um, two rounds. Yeah. Was <laughs> the only other one I went for was Justin Gaethje against Johnson. That's that's why I didn't. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to pick that yeah. as my fight of the year because I thought the fact that he was nearly completely out yeah. twice in that first yeah. round to then come back. If you want to go into the Elkins Bektich one, Jack. Well, yeah, it's just I think especially with with the hype of Bektich as well, like it was it was meant for him to just dominate that fight. Yeah, he was a one to eight favorite on the night. And then for him, you just saw him get a little tired at the start of the third round and that, and then Alkins looking like an absolute zombie, just blood <laughs> blood everywhere. And that for him to come back was just he did like a combo, wasn't it? It was like a knee, a punch, and then as he slumped, he, he got the kick in. Yeah, yeah. folded him, didn't he? It served him right as well because I actually he was one of the first people I contacted for an interview after seeing him on uh, at, on Bisping's undercard. 
And when you private message someone on Instagram and you, they don't follow you, they have the option to say whether they've read it or not. And I, I've no doubt a lot of them read it and just don't reply. He actually had the nerve to click that he'd read it and just <laughs> ignore me straight up. And I think that was where the curse began. <laughs> That was the, I don't know if anyone else in the video, I can put it in the kind of link of the podcast where Rogan's talking about this fight on his podcast and he cries talking about talking it, about it yeah, saying yeah. how much he loves it. And he's like, yeah, he's no like, way. yeah, he's literally crying. He's like, and then he gets up and he screams and it's the most pure thing. And he's got tears like streaming down his face. It's unbelievable. It is like someone's put it on YouTube with some music in the back, some dramatic music. It's so cool as well. <laughs> Alright, so, so anyone else, the other one for comeback of the year, the only other one I had was at the Tough 26, which is one of the worst cards of the year, um, Ryan James against Andrew Sanchez, and um, Sanchez dropped James early and landed nearly 150 strikes to him in the opening round, <laughs> and he carried on, and he got up, and he actually was pushing Sanchez back by the end of the first round, and then uh, he finished him in the third, and I think it was Cormier who was the analyst, and he asked him Did about it after. <laughs> he asked him like, "How badly were you hurt?" And James, was like, I wasn't hurt. I don't really know what you're referring to. He played it off, but that that's really good. It was it was a great fight as well, actually. Comeback of the year. The only other ones is not actual in terms of the fight, but who do we pick, John Jones or GSP for comeback of the year? <laughs> Snake. <laughs> All right, so. That could lead us on quite nicely, actually. Uh, biggest flop of the year. So I gave this quite an open question so we could kind of take it where we wanted to. Rory, you've got the mic there if you want to uh, kick us off. I'm trying okay. to look where you've actually sent me on the list of questions because I was trying to match up our numbers to yours and you've actually not sent me flop of the year. Yeah, I did last it's night, but lower. I inserted it in. I uh, thought it fitted quite well here. Okay, so you've just added you it in. in. Yeah, to the numbers that I've not got. I was, trying to, I was trying to add up what I had to you, and I was like, we've got these in a completely different order. Um, Sometimes you've got to put the notes together to make the sweet music. And that's what I've done here. Um, biggest flop of the year, I, I actually found quite difficult to give to anybody in particular. I mean, a lot of people have been digging Tyrone Woodley out as being kind of like a... I call it Woodley. A very boring, almost like a flop. Which I find very hard. I don't. He's the go-to when people try and describe someone boring on here. Connor always comes. Oh, you mean like a Woodley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of an actual flop of the year, I was. I mean, for the UFC standpoint, it'd probably be McGregor v Mayweather. A good chat. Um, in terms of you know they've put their top boy in there and it was. To try and convince yeah, everyone did, that did, it was actually gonna. Yeah. Gonna did did gonna... anybody think it was ever gonna go any differently? Yeah. Well, yeah, they did. <laughs> how about how about Johnny Bones? Yeah, yeah th- that would I'd be. He was my biggest flop of the year. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, he come back and yeah. Again, <laughs> again, did anybody like did anybody <laughs> expect anything <laughs> different? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a number, so I had uh, Khabib not making weight for Ferguson when he's finally got a yeah, big fight, was... and then it coming out that he's been on the tiramisu. Which that, I, I hated that, especially when <laughs> I had a. An extremely sizable bet on Habib. I think and it this took me was about a week to get the money back off that three six five. Kind of say how long that's gone. I think Khabib against Tony may have been Troy's first episode on the podcast, if I am thinking correctly. It was March for wasn't our it? predictions. Early March, I think. Possibly. Yeah, because we started it pretty it? soon mm, out, it pretty pretty much just before that. Um, so I've got uh, Jones testing positive, uh, McGregor, Riley, and the Irish Mafia, uh, Durand and me in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. one of the ones that irritated me the most, Rumble against Cormier. 
yeah, where he literally just really. landed that head kick and then just quit after and then straight after, you know what, I'm retiring, so it's, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, didn't tell us that before we all yeah. started putting our money on him, did he? Yeah. Because <laughs> I picked Cormier on the show and changed our mind and then back Rumble before the fight, so I was even, I was even more wound up. Yeah. Uh, any other suggestions for the biggest flop? Well, instead of Durand, I mean, I had the whole UFC 208 card in general, because <laughs> that, that was just one of the worst cards. But then also, I had uh, Cowboy as the biggest flop, just as a fight on that, because I think with the expectations of him ending 2016, it was meant for him to win maybe one or two fights, especially in Denver against Masvidal. Yeah. He was meant to breeze through Masvidal and that, maybe one more fight and then a title shot. Jesus and then, Christ, yeah, that fight against Masvidal, I only forgot about that. And then, yeah. and then instead, he's lost th- three on the bounce now, so I think... <laughs> Biggest flop could be his corner team for sending him back out. <laughs> for yeah. Herb Dean for not realising the fight. Was it Herb Dean? <laughs> he waved, he, he he waved it off, didn't he? And then just carried it on. Yeah, that Stands was... out looking like he had had one leg amputated. <laughs> Jesus. Cerrone, I said um, he's meant to be coming back in. It's Tysimov. Jesus. Yeah. My boy. Another if... one's to the list of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Upset of the year. Is there any need for discussion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Mama dub Eunice. that over this, yeah. Just call me a scream yeah. bug rose. Yeah, just, just edit that. <laughs> All right, so from there, then we had coach of the year, which we kind of said before, well, we're a little unsure. The, the, I've done a couple, so I've got Edmund first. <laughs> Tiberius. <laughs> yeah. What a coach. Um, Trevor Whitman had a good year, so he coaches Rose and he coaches Gaethje. Yeah. And so he's kind of turned Gaethje into a, a little bit more than someone who just puts their head in there. I know he's not too much different, but I think he he's stri- mixed his striking up nicely and he's got like a good team there. Um, Mike Brown from American Top Team, when you look at the fighters they've got, so he's got Woodley, Nunes, Yedjecek. Yeah. So I, I took him as my uh, guy that I put down. I mean, American Top Team, some of the names they've got are ridiculous. Yeah, I went with Mark Henry. He's got Frankie, yeah. Edson... Yeah. Alvarez and Marais as well. I He's that. got um, that um, Magomed Sharapov that me and Troy were on about last week. He's featherweight, six foot one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he's, he's a freak. He's just some... Re- uh, Mark Henry started learning Russian so we can speak to him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought, yeah, especially those four fighters I mentioned, they've all had really good years. And yeah. I think, especially if Frankie did it eventually fight yeah. all the way, I think that. But yeah, it was tough, look- tough looking at it. Uh, Troy, I saw as well, they are actually trying to make the Magomed Sharapov against our year. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in we've January. Next year might not be yeah. that year's year, fight of the year, but fight of the year. We've got um, Choi against Stevens next year, which. That's yeah. That's going to be great. I've been waiting for Choi to come back desperately. Yeah. Okay, so um, card of the year, which I thought. What, you think there's, there's only, only one? There's only one. Two seventeen is that what you're going with? Yeah, got to be. Yeah, that was nuts. What a card! Yeah, was... Even the prelims could have been a fight. Yeah, though. like easily. Well, yeah, we had GSP Bisping, Dillashaw, Garbrandt, Rose, Joanna, OSP, Corey Anderson, and I've got on here kicked off with a spinning back elbow. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, yeah, yeah. what's that one? Yeah. All right. Um, what about like MMA like personality of the year? Just kind of give an example. So I got Rogan here just purely for. The cars just feel different when he's they do, when yeah, he's involved. Right. Yeah, but even in terms of like a fighter, so um, yeah. Rory could have Colby Covington here. Um, I don't know whether I'm necessarily is 
you don't want to side not as a side with him not as a mic in front of you. Well, I, I like Colby Covington. I you know, famously one of my boys that I've interviewed. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean some of the stuff he's been doing lately is a little bit questionable, <laughs> but great fighter. Getting back, and when you flick on the TV and you know, you know your boys fighting, obviously you tune in. What about the doom getting knocked out by Overeem, siding with the Brazilian dictator, throwing a boomerang at Colby Covington? <laughs> And then posting yeah. that weird face he does everywhere, and all the embeddeds now just him doing that face. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put him through a class yeah. for that. They, they McGregor. Didn't, McGregor doesn't have to go through this class, but Vadum uh, does. Funny, actually, just touching on McGregor. That's I've gone for the upset, and I've actually chosen McGregor as our MMA personality of the year. Oh, wow. And I'm going to give you my reasons why. Uh, I think even though he hasn't fought in UFC this year. He has done a hell of a lot for the brand as a as a whole. Uh, I think he's brought probably millions almost of viewers to the to the sport this year alone that probably weren't even watching UFC, and he hasn't even fought in the UFC. Even if it's just bringing attention towards the sport that we love, that's great because it means that more people know what UFC is, and we don't have to pretend it's some sort of you know niche little martial arts that's still yeah. on Spike TV or something like that. So. Um, but also, I do think, you know, when we come on to um, sort of, uh, I think the other question that was uh, big, not biggest, biggest flop, mistake. biggest mistake, mistake. Yeah. that also is going to tie in with McGregor as well. So, they, you know, it's one of those ones where they've shot themselves in the foot, but they're also sort of still living nice up top. Yeah. But yeah, so that's who I went for our personality of the year. So if we go on to then um, the biggest mistake by the UFC, Jack, if you want to... Uh kick us off on this one what would you say I think the main one that I've gone with is their dealings with the lightweight division and the middleweight division yeah. I think especially with with Bisping when he was champion to <laughs> give to give him I know it wasn't in 2017 but to give, yeah, him, yeah. To give him Henderson and then with the GSP situation to then knowing full well that yeah. he, he was not going to defend it say it's in his contract now I thought that yeah. was terrible obviously with McGregor I don't think he's going to come back no. so and then also another one I mentioned was with the women's featherweight division, yeah, having the total, total fight and not having Cyborg, yeah, in that match is, is yeah, that was... embarrassing really because you know, eventually she's gonna have that yeah. belt. Um, for me, I put um, Dana kind of turning into a promoter in that he used to be a guy who was renowned for speaking honestly with the fans, being open, and now it's kind of the running joke of whatever he says, you believe the complete opposite. Yeah. And so for him, I thought kind of turning into, I don't know if corporate is the right word, but kind of turned into that promoter role where he's very coy about things and he kind of says the right thing rather than... Yeah, telling them what they want yeah. instead of what's going to happen. The only, I think we might slowly start to see a, a bit less of Dana as, as the years go on with UFC. I think he might start to take a little bit more of a backseat role um, due to what you're just saying there, yeah. really, I think. The only other w- the weird thing for him was when you had the tragedy in Las Vegas and then he took time out of his press conference to slate the guy who wouldn't come to Vegas to perform the anthem mm. who was performing on the night and he was saying like fuck you you're not welcome in Las Vegas anymore in the middle of his press conference <laughs> uh, Rory what about you um, just touching back on the MMA personality here how have we not mentioned Bruce Buffer every car feels better 
my knees there. I'm not getting it. I'm not agreeing with <laughs> I that. Say, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll tell you just quickly why I hate him. Because I put my girlfriend through a lot of UFC. We're talking a lot of it. And she hates it. And she hates Bruce Buffer with an absolute passion. All she ever says is, fighting! That's all she knows from him. And and that's what she gets woken up by most nights yeah, as well. Yeah. So yeah, Bruce can go fuck off for all I it does seem to take longer and longer when you're waiting for the fight to start now for him to get things moving. <laughs> Getting on, isn't he? A little bit aged. Anyway, biggest mistake of the year, not stripping McGregor of the belt. Yeah. Agreed. Despite the fact they say that that's the best thing they can do. Yeah. Let's get Tony in there. Let's get challengers lining up to fight him. I mean, even the way that we had... Oh, I'm going to keep saying it. The way that they opened up the new division... With DJ, Joseph Benavidez, Ian McCall, and the fourth guy in the tournament. The way that they, they built that new division of, we're going to make a champion because somebody's going to earn the belt. Yeah. If a champion vacates, like John Jones, they give it straight back to DC. Same as if McGregor, they strip him. They, you build a division because you build a guy who, he's beaten, every, he's, he's beaten the semi-finalist, he's beaten the, the finalist. I suppose the only, the only trouble is if stuff like if Habib misses weight, then obviously you've got to buy in the semi-final. But I just think it would be a great way of building up. Let's give Eddie the belt back. Let's go right back, right before McGregor. And just give it back to Eddie. The underground king. All right, analyst of the year. Is I there was... anyone that you particularly enjoy? If we take Rogan out of there, who do you look to have partner in Rogan on a I really like Dominic Cruz. Okay. As an analyst. Do you take Cruz over Cormier? Yes. I Cormier's piss. What I would say to that is I think Cruz speaks better, but I don't think he's quite as good in the dramatic moments. Not just the Thug Rose moment, but Cormier sounds like he is genuinely enjoying himself. Yeah, but that's my problem with it. Actually, I I quite like Cormier's there to do a job, and it just feels like he's there on the front row with his popcorn... Just, I quite like that. I quite I, like that side of it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, I like it at times, but when he's doing it at every fight, and it, some of his interviews after, it, yeah, they <laughs> cringe with it. When he got that girl's name wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I hated her on uh, the tough season, and the the thing was, she actually switched. She asked to switch teams. She was on Eddie's team. She didn't get on with him, and then he said, um, "Okay, Barb," and he got it wrong. And she started screaming, going, my name is Lauren. And that's literally the name that Cormier got mixed up. Oh, yeah. 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 Like Lauren Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like when Colby Covington, after they were all booing him in Brazil, he's like, they hate him here, but they love him in California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sounded like he was, he was loving that. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I quite liked it. But it was just like, it was. It just didn't feel right from a presenter. Do you know what I mean? As we've just seen me jump into his defence, I'm going with Cormier. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved him being on there. Uh, what about you, Jack? I've gone with Dan Hardy. I think the way, yeah. especially because anything around Europe, they give to him that. And yeah. also he's got the little promos for any yeah. uh, pay-per-view cards. And that. I think the way he breaks it down, yeah. he's done a really good job now. And then the longer he's been doing it, the more comfortable in the role he's got. And with his partner as well, John... John Anik. John, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he's really good. That, them together, I he think it's a, re- shit, it's, a really, it's a really good combination. I think for the for the European cards. Uh, what about you, Troy? I went with the same Dan Hardy. Um, plainly, well, mainly, sorry, should I say um, that he's flying the flag for us as well. Um, 
it like you said when he when he gets when we get any European card you expect to hear Dan Hardy voice and um and Annex I think uh yeah simple simple really yeah Dan Hardy I actually think John Annex really good now we've mentioned him I think he's yeah. very very good I can see him being the long term replacement for Rogan oh the, yeah I think that's the idea yeah. Almost, yeah. yeah and then it's almost like you have your special guest with the former fighter but yeah I I think it's Certainly now, obviously, Goldberg's gone. They need somebody to start stepping up and being very regular. I didn't realise how awful he was until he was gone. Who's that, Goldberg? Go- yeah, just Wait. him screaming yeah, over, yeah. over fight. <laughs> when you watch Fight Back now, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, fuck, I think gone. you yeah. said when we were on the way to the Bama show that everything just sounded like a video game with yeah. him. It just sounded like the pre-set-in like, commentary moments. He just had to shout, and he kind of, I think, took the value away from... Like the organic commentary you yeah. get, like you've got Rogan going, ow, ow, and he's just going, and a straight right, and it's just like, <laughs> and again, and it's just, like, <laughs> it's just that he doesn't tell you what's happening, just keeps showing, and again. I remember when they got rid of him, and then the, the it was rumored that Jim Ross was coming in to be his replacement. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> All right, so to to kind of close out, so kind of given our awards, and so what I would say here is if we just go round and what everyone would like in 2018. Rory, you're looking at me uh, with intent. I always look what, at your starry eye, Byron, you know that. What, what would you like to see in 2018? What would I like to see? I'd, I'd love to see... Um, Christ, it's too much to mention. I'd love to see Stipe beat Ngano because I, I, Stipe's really grown on me. I'd love to see Kane back. I would... Cormier's confirmed he's back training again. I would absolutely love him to be back. Um, uh, I'd for you to say Khabib is champ. Yeah. Connor to vacate. Connor, <laughs> Connor to vacate or come back and fight Tony. I don't really want to see Nate again. I'd well, rather we, see him defend the belt first. Yeah, my thing with Connor is I kind of want him gone, but at the same time, I, I don't want him to ride off into the sunset like this. I, I want yeah, him to get beat him, and, yeah. then, and then go. Need an ass whipper or something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd love Habib to finally start making weight and fight for the fucking title. Um, I'd love to. S- <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Wonderboy be champ. Famously, one of my boys. Um, I would. There's loads of stuff I'd love to see. Um, I'd love to see Jacare be revitalized and start going back for the title, but that's not going to happen. Um, this is just me yeah. basically saying everyone I really like, and I'd like to see them going towards the titles. I'd love yeah. to see Gustafsson give another title shot. Darren I think Till. he's next. Yeah, uh, Darren Till start going. Yeah, big shit this yeah. for me, I, I want to see a dominant champion in each division. Just it makes it a lot more fun when they do ultimately then lose the belt rather than it kind of being yo-yoed around. So yeah, that, that for I me, I would rather see a couple of defenses. Yeah, to say like the champion's now still the champion next time, but we think he might lose next fight. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I want to see a performance yeah. of the night from Woodley. Wow, yeah. it's coming if he faces Covington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone said they should put Covington and Woodley as the next tough coaches and just let that build that, there, and that would that would, oh, be, that would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. I think for me personally, it's definitely some like you said with Stipe, seeing him defend it because I think he's already tied for like the most defenses in yeah. the heavyweight division. Yeah. You've never had mm. that consistency in the division. That so I think yeah, being Ngannou because Ngannou can come back from this because. Although he's 31, I think he's still young yeah, into yeah. his career and that. I think uh, seeing Rockhold get knocked out by Whitaker. Oh, no, I'd love to see Rockhold. I would love to see 
rough and getting knocked yeah. out because I can't stand him. I always used to hate him, but I think he's yeah. just so good. I'd like to see him be champion. He is like, yeah, you can't yeah, question his ability. Him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as well, I want to see DJ go up to bantamweight. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Obviously, T- TJ is planned to move down to him yeah. and that, but I think say he does beat him. I think going up to challenge for that 135 shot yeah. as well would be, would be great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I want Cody to beat TJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I want to see some more attention on the lower weight classes as well. Just I want them to kind of get the shine. I want to see the light heavyweight division get some new contenders because yeah, that's such a dull division. As well as uh, middleweight outside of the kind of people fighting for the belt, the contenders lower down is just horrible. Yeah. Um, but I thought when I was looking that 2018 could be the year of the rematch, you've kind of got some ready-made fights there. And I think when some fighters realise they're not going to be in title contention, they kind of take these fun fights and the UFC then can kind of have a, a contrast between their money fights. And so I've got ones that could easily be done. Lawler, Condit 2. That would be a yeah, fabulous fight, yeah. fight, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Lawler, Nick Diaz 2. Oh, I'd love Not to see Nick Diaz. Call me a Gustafson too. Uh, Joanna Rose to Rockhold Weidman to Dillashaw Cruz to and McGregor Diaz free. I think as much as we'll all say, we'd all happily watch it. Oh, we'd be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Troy, just finally, what about you? What would you like to see in 2018? Um, yeah, I just did briefly say it, but I was kind of off my. I'd like to see Darren Till really get the push that he needs as well. You know, um, and and yeah, like what you said about the lower divisions, it'd be nice to. But I think they gotta, they can only help themselves as well. They need to put on big fights. They need to, they need to do some themselves the justice of putting on big performances, um, and then hopefully that is something that they can do, and yeah, that that can happen. But yeah, I would like to see McGregor come back and fight. I mean, he, he gets a lot of slack on this show. We, but for you know, we can all admit that at one point in our lives we were fans of Conor McGregor. Mate, My Facebook you know. on this day thing today was McGregor statuses. Yeah, you know, <laughs> what I mean, like at one point he did sort of encapsulate us a little bit yeah. and just ooh so yeah it'd be nice to see him come back I don't want to say he wants to I want to see him win but nice yeah. to see him come back Up next you can hear our exclusive interview with Louis Smolker ahead of his bout with Mateus Nicolau at UFC 219 Hello Hi Hello Alright Hi thanks for giving me some of your time Right. Um, so just just to start off. Um, if I'm pronouncing it right, so you're facing um, Mateus Nicolau next. Um, how much are you looking forward to getting back in there, and how is training going? Oh wow! Straight into it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Him. Do you think like your styles match up well? Um, yeah. Uh, from what I can tell, he's uh, I call them uh, Taijutsu fighters. Okay. Uh, he's from Brazil. He's from Nova Unia. I call them Taijutsu. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I get you. I saw that coming into this one, he, he he's coming off a, a ban from USADA. Is that something that's like concerning? Knowing fighting someone that's been like um, like pop for that previously, or is it just something that you kind of just have to like get on with? more difficult for this one training over Christmas will it affect you a lot more or is it just something that you've kind of got to get on with haven't gone your way is, do you put that down to anything you said about getting sick or was it just a case of it not being your night say with with your fights um, you've won um i think three year um, fighting night bonuses is is that something that you pride yourself on putting on exciting fights oh definitely i mean like i remember when i was first getting into mma and watching like gaina on like the um, the tough shows and stuff He's yeah like, i want to see fucking exciting this one you mentioned looking forward to it is it is it just a case of like another fight or do you feel like added pressure going into this one
okay. of, of resources now that like I didn't have before. So that's super cool for me. It's, yeah. You know, like we have like our own gym. It's pretty close to my house. I mean, they're easy. Get to see my daughter a lot more. Okay. So, you know, I'm just trying to have fun with it. Yeah. And then I ended up, I was just kind of flicking earlier, and I ended up reading like a Q&A that you did. I think it, it was on Reddit, and it was like, I think it must have been ages ago, just before um, the fight with um, Ben and Guy. And you were saying on there how yeah, you, yeah. you quite like um, like watching your own fights back. And Is that something that you like doing, just like evaluate your own performance and see how you can improve on there? being like a fighter in Hawaii because I saw the reaction when like Max returned with the belt and I wondered if MMA was like as popular over there as it seemed oh it, I mean it's huge in Hawaii it's been huge for like years you yeah know? yeah like, like Hawaii has a really really long like uh, I guess uh, like history with fighting you know yeah. we used to have like we had DJ Penn obviously like yeah. um, he fought out here a bunch with like Seems like um, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a big deal. It's pretty cool, you know. Every now and then, someone recognizes you. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool. I'm like a few celebrities. <laughs> it seems like the just the same question now as to when we're going to get a, a, a UFC fight card in Hawaii, and I guess hopefully we get that soon. Um, I hope we get it one yeah. day. I hope it'd be a huge card. Max fighting Connor or something like yeah. that'd be awesome. They get like a huge fight out here. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean. Just finally, I just wondered, like, why it was that you chose to fight. Was it just something that you realized you were good at, or is it just, like, I wonder what motivated you oh, to do it? Like, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a pro wrestler in the WWE because I thought it was real, <laughs> and that was the closest thing to, like, fighting for a living that I could come up with. Yeah. And then when I found out it was fake, I was yeah. crushed. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I can it's remember not real. Thanks a lot for um, giving me some of your time. I do really appreciate it. And um, I'll write this up in the next few days and send it on to you. And um, good luck for the good luck for the fight, obviously. Okay, thank you, Luke. That's alright, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. intriguing welterweight bout between Kamara Usman and Emil Meek was originally scheduled to take place at UFC 219. It's since been confirmed that this bout will be moved to UFC 220 in Boston, but until then we'll tide you over with our exclusive interview with Kamara from a couple of weeks ago. Thank you. Hello. Hello, it's uh, Luke. Thanks for giving me some of your time. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm alright, thank you. You? Right. Um, I just wanted just to start off, um, how did you get into MMA originally? 
remember the first fight we ever watched, I was actually visiting John Jones in in college, at his college, okay. during our fall break. So I went to go visit him, and we got invited to a friend of, you know, their wrestling team. Yeah. Like a friend, place to watch the fight. And so we went there. That was the first time I ever watched a fight. And, you know, the guy said, the guy was a boxer. Yeah. He was a boxer. And the guy said, uh, hey, why don't you guys try uh, doing this, this sport? And, of course, back then we were in college to wrestle. We were like, ah, no. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, and then, you know, years later, John starts doing jiu-jitsu while I was still wrestling. Yeah. And... So I was, you know, wrestling, trying to, you know, make the Olympic team. Mm. And John, at that time, had got signed, and so he was in the UFC already. And then, you know, I was, while I was wrestling still, I was helping a lot of fighters, yeah. you know, fight. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I would go overseas and wrestle, and, and, you know, on a competition, and if you, you know, you placed, you'd come back, you'd make like $1,500, you know, from the wrestling organization yeah. and then you know I'd help these fighters and they would go out and make fifty, sixty thousand dollars, you know. Jeez. And <laughs> so I was like, Whoa, you know, I think I'm in the wrong sport. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, later on I met Rashad Evans and Rashad Evans was kinda eventually the guy that kept pushing me and poking me until I eventually made the decision to uh start uh doing MMA. I was I was going to ask actually working with um, Rashad like how helpful is that having like someone like who's been there and done it all before there around you going into a fight. Uh, it's extremely helpful. I mean, um, I've, I've seen everything. I've seen that you know what you can achieve at the highest level of the sport. Yeah. You know, being around Rashad. You know, I went everywhere with Rashad. I, you know, he took me everywhere to yeah. you know the press conference the workouts, to the media tour, you know, so I've seen it all, I've seen how it's done, and Rashad, essentially, he's laid the foundation, mm. you know, of what to expect, you know, once I'm there, which yeah. I have no doubt that I will be there. And then, um, obviously, to get, like, into the UFC, you went through um, the Ultimate Fighter, and your series was a bit different, do you feel like? there was even more pressure for you because you're not only like representing yourself but the entire team and you could kind of feel the tension just watching it on TV throughout the series. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I really didn't want to do the show because I've coached a season of The Ultimate Fighter before. Okay. And, well, I, I coached season 14 with uh, Mayhem and um, I then I, I made, I said I would not do this show, <laughs> you know, because I saw how, how difficult it was yeah. for those guys. Yeah. And so it made it a lot tougher for me to say no because the team needed me to do mm. it. And so they, they asked me to do it and they, you know, they pleaded with me to do it. And I eventually decided, okay, I'll do it for my team. And, um, you know, it was a lot of pressure. Because, yeah. You know, if you watch this season, you know, especially that first fight, which I didn't know what to expect. I just knew it was going to be a fight and it was going to be in our gym. So I felt like, oh, okay, it'll be fine. Yeah. But you're in the locker room. And what I didn't know is that they had let the whole, the other team in. So 
all of the American top team, their guys, most of their guys were in our gym and our guys was in the gym. So I didn't know that. So we, I was in locker room warming up and getting ready and all of a sudden I'm walking out for the fight and I see 50 guys from American top team on the other side. And then, you know, as I got closer to the cage, I saw 50 guys from our gym on the yeah. other side, which made it difficult because now you're not just, when you go to a fight, when you're fighting a UFC fight, you're in an arena, you know, a stadium yeah. with thousands of people, but you don't know those thousands of people. So yeah. you, you don't, you don't, their voices aren't in your head. You don't know that. You're not familiar yeah. with them. So you can pick out your coach's voice and you can hear your coaches. But in that season, I was with my teammates that I trained with every day. Yeah. So they all know me. I know them. Their voices are in my head. So, you know, you have 50 guys screaming at you from your team, different directions, different things that you do. You know, you can't really hear yeah. your coaches. And same with the other team, you know, 50 guys from the other side screaming at you. So it became really, really chaotic and very, very stressful. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The atmosphere looked nuts. Just seeing it, especially for that the fight you said about in your gym. Just seeing it there it was oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the interview after your winning uh, Pittsburgh, I saw that you um, like criticised the the rankings with with how low down you were. Do you think it's going to be a case of you're literally going to have to like force these fights now just by moving up until it's undeniable and you can get some of these big names. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've tried to, I mean, I've been promised, you know, big, bigger, uh, higher ranked opponents yeah. in my last three fights, you know, but that never seems to happen. And, you know, unfortunately I'm just, you know, I'm fed up with it at the end of the day, mm. you know, um, I'm here to, to fight this, we're prize fighters, we get paid yeah. to fight. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's. For me, this was never really about money. You know, of course, the money helps. I'm yeah. probably stupid to say, no, I don't like the money. The money helps. But, you know, I am doing this because I wanted to prove that I am the best at this. Yeah, I get I've trained, saying. you know, I've put everything into this, into this competition, you know, and I wanted to be the best at this competition. Mm. So the biggest driving force for me was the competition. And so if you're going to say that these guys are better than me, they're ahead of me, then put them up. Give yeah. me my chance to compete against these guys to prove that I'm the best. Yeah. And if they're not seeming to do that, then all I can do is continue to fight and get paid, you know, because they're, they're ruining that aspect for me. Yeah, because so. I literally read about 10 minutes before uh, calling you that I saw it confirmed that you're fighting on um, UFC 219. Um, against Emil Meek, is is that like a matchup that you're happy with, or is it a case of just the bigger names aren't there to fight you, so you've just got to keep the ball rolling? Yeah, absolutely not. You know, that's not a matchup. I'm ha- I mean, think about it. Is that a matchup that you would you would make for me? No, absolutely you not. Know, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's a matchup that anybody would make for me at this part of my career. I've proven that I I, I can be all those guys. Yeah. You know. But if you're going to put these guys ahead of me in the ranking, which, like I said, don't really mean shit. But, you know, for the casual fans, the people that don't really know the, yeah. you know, the detail intricacies of the sport, you know, they all they're going to look at is, oh, that guy's ranked 10th, that guy's ranked 5th. You yeah. know, they, they don't mean anything. So, so with that, then you need to give me my opportunity to move up. 
and it seems like they're not doing that. You know, why? I don't know. No. So, you know, a meal mac it is, you know, UFC 219, so I'm going to do what I continue to do, and that's go in there and dominate my yeah. opponents from start to finish. Um, do you know much about him, and do you think your styles match up well? Um, yeah, I've, you know, me before, you know, as soon as they even, I mean, I never turned out fights, so no. as soon as they say, hey, this is who you're going to fight, I say, sure, I get, I'm, I'm a student of the sport, I study, yeah. I was at his first UFC fight, actually, oh, yeah. in Toronto, I was there live, so I watched it, you know, I, I've seen it all, I've seen him fight, and of course I've done my research, yeah. you know, and like, you know, it is what it is, you know, not the fight that I'm going to pick, but that's the fight that I have. So, you know, I have to uh, do my homework and go out there and prepare the best that I can to go out there and do my job. Yeah. I'd say when, when watching your fights, you're always in, like, fun, exciting fights. Is is that something that comes into your head as you're going into a fight, or is it a case of getting the job done and then just see how it goes? No, I mean, um, uh, it's not a matter of being exciting. I don't, I don't really care to be excited because what you think, what people might think is exciting, it might be different. Yeah. Like, you know, the jiu-jitsu, the lovers, the jiu-jitsu players that like, they love to watch a ground fight, you know, mm. the, the chess match on the ground. And so that might be exciting for them to where other guys might want to see a bar fight, you know, two yeah. guys just slugging it out. That might be exciting for them. So, you know, I never put that in my head. I'm willing to try to be excited. No, because when you do that, you're not being true to yourself. No. And so my, like I said, I do this because of the competition. I want to yeah. compete. I want to show that I'm the best. So the most important thing for me is to win this competition. Yeah. And however way that is possible, that's what I'm going to do. But I also keep in account that you spectator sport and I'm, you know, I'm fighting, you know, guys, you know, that I have to, you know, I have to put on a show for yeah. the fans. It's not just about winning. Yeah, winning is the most important thing, which is what I'm going to do. But I have to win that, looking impressively to the yeah. to the casual fans who want to see a bar fight or to the ground guys who want to see you do the intricacies, little, you know, stuff on the ground. So, you know, I got to appeal to the whole, you know, the audience of everyone. So hopefully everyone likes my performance. But, yeah. you know, of course, the most important thing would be to win. And then... Um... What is your like, ultimate goal in the UFC now? Is it, is it like you said to go on win the belt and then uh, stay at the top for as long as you can? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't want to say as long as I can because I, I feel like as long as God permits and my body holds up, yep, I, I can do this. I can you know I can reign as long as I want, you know. But um, I, I don't I don't want to do this forever. Like I said, I, I yeah, this is this is just a vehicle for me to get into other avenues, okay. you know, in the next phases of my life. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the goal is to uh, prove to the world that I, I, I am the best at this. And so once I've done that, you know, and, and I'm satisfied, of course, hopefully put a little bit of money away from my daughter and my family, mm. then, uh, you know, of course, I'm going to take this into the next avenue, whether it's commentating or analysts and doing movies, you know, like yeah. that's, and then just finally, um, I saw, I was watching about the interview after for when you won the Ultimate Fighter and you were saying there about how you'd been working on your ground game. Is, is that something that you, you take a lot of pride in being such a well-rounded fighter? Because on your record, you do have knockouts, decisions and, and submissions. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, you know, you can't be a you know one trick pony in this game. Like this sport, this sport has evolved so much that you have to grow with it. And so uh, I came in just a wrestler, you yeah. know. But I, I've developed now my other the other aspects of my game have caught up to my wrestling. And you know, now for anybody who fights me, it's you know, like I've mentioned in previous interviews. Their number one focus is going to be how can I survive? Mm. You know, winning is out of the window. That don't even think, they don't even they shouldn't even think about that. That's not going to happen. Don't think about winning. Just think about how can I survive? How can I hang on for these fifteen minutes or twenty five mm. minutes and hang and, and not die in here? Mm. And so, you know, um, yeah, I, I've made sure that every aspect of my game. I really spent a lot of time on that. Thanks a lot for giving me some of your time today and um, good luck for the fight coming up. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, so moving on, UFC 219. Um, if we kind of run down the main card here, so if we kick it off with um, Condit against Magni, I think we're all in agreement. Great to see Condit back. It looks to me as if this is the perfect opponent for him. It's competitive enough to be a name it's not competitive enough that Condit can look good here I mean we've just seen him get stopped by um, Dos Anjos and I think if Condit is like a shade of what he once was then it should be a fairly easy night for him I mean the natural born killer should be able to like regain uh, I've done it quite nicely regain his beautiful savagery and get a finish here (laughs) hopefully so uh, Rory, I assume you're picking Condit too. Yeah, I am. Just one thing I've just realised that that he Gokan Saki's pulled out. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know that until I just started. Looking. I'll follow him on Insta. He's been making a big thing about the fact that he can walk. I don't know why. Oh, I think knee, he did something to his knee. Injury, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was really looking forward to that fight. Yeah, to go around same. To it. Anyway, back to back to the question. Yeah, I, I think Carlos Condit beats Mil Magni. Right off him after I picked him against RDA and he shit out. <laughs> and he just absolutely pooed his pants when he got in there. Would you say you've had the worst picks of anyone this year? No. I honestly think you have. I picked Wyman to beat uh, Gastelum after you all picked... Uh, you also Gastelum. picked um, Hendrix to beat Boricina. Yeah, I didn't actually know who Boricina was at the time, I will be honest. I Which just... I said on Monday was the worst pick of the year. Yeah, it was one of those where if you pass it to anybody else first and I've got time to to, to look through Boracina's record, I go, holy shit, he's a lot better than I actually. Yeah, that was a questionable one, but that was literally just because I was put on the spot and I was like, I've heard of Johnny H- like Johnny Hendricks, and but I stuck by him. Would you agree I've been number one? No. Till and Alvarez, both. That was already better than Boracina and Magni. Yeah, but other than that, I have also had some very good picks. <laughs> and I haven't been on air as long either, so you should have got more correct than me. All right, well, um, you carry on. So you're going with... Uh, we got a bit off track there. So yeah, if you want to just stop digging me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carlos, Carlos Condit. I'm going for Condit to uh, to get the job done. 
it wouldn't actually surprise me if he finished him as well. Um, he's the kind of guy that's not going to stop pressing the action, even if it gets three minutes into the final round. If he, if he you know, if, you, he, if he's still going, he's going to be looking for the finish. Do you think maybe he needs a finish to kind of get that fire back? We don't know how much he has left in him after because he walked away. His last fight was when he lost to Maya, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Stopped against Maya. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, proper yeah. early as well. Yeah, but Damien Maher could do that to anybody. Yeah, I know, but I mean... He, he was only just over a year yeah, ago, really. but he was set up but... for another title shot, and then he yeah. kind of looked like he was sulking and just went away after. Um, Troy, you go with Condit. Yeah, I am, yeah. Um, one of my favourite fighters to watch from back in the day, to be fair. Um, well, when I, I say back in the day, we're talking, you know, four or five years ago, really, when you first start getting into it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he comes back, see what type of fighter he's going to be. Hopefully he's still that same entertaining fireball that he was. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going with Carlos Condit. Hopefully he beats the fuck out of Magni after he <laughs> battered us last uh, in our last prediction. So yeah. Uh, Jack, if you close out on this one? Yeah, I think we're all in agreement with, yeah. with with Condit taking this. I think Magni's been known, if he's on the cusp of that top 10, that he will get, he will get someone some problems. But I think any, anything higher than that, I think he's, yeah. he's a bit out of his element. My only worry with Condit would be he has actually lost five of his last seven, which I think quite <laughs> Jesus, that's not really. It's a lot worse than you think. Who that, they against? That, that's against the, the upper echelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he's lost to GSP. He's lost to Hendricks. He blew out his knee in the against against Woodley. Woodley. This yeah. was PD Hendricks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who who beat would beat everybody, including GSP. Another story. Um, Still questionable. And. Um, he was beat. Uh, he got beat by Ryan then Lawler and Meyer. I was going to bring it up the other day, but I was a bit scared with Troy sat next to me. That is it. Uh, convenience that GSP left just as Usada came in. Mm. Oh, uh, uh, no! Rather than him saying it's the other way around, oh, I left because everyone was on roids. Well, he accused Hendricks in the yeah. I remember him saying. Then <laughs> he got abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Hendricks claiming that is the only reason he's big is because his dad used to make him do 500 push-ups a day. Like you don't get a body like that from doing 500 push-ups a day, man. We Hendricks could have potentially, <laughs> yeah. he could potentially have been on our personality of the year. Some of the mental stuff he's come out with this year, before his last weigh-in, where he started just going to the press. I know I needed the towel because I didn't weigh my boxer shorts and they actually weighed more than I thought they did. <laughs> so before you think about writing something tomorrow... In the build-up when he said, I've been fine. I could have been eating burgers if I wanted to. And you're like, you're looking at him, you have been eating burgers. That's why you're missing weight. <laughs> All right, so just up from that then, after we mentioned it earlier, so we've got um, Calvillo against Esparza. And... Um, Jack, if we go to you first on this one, are you, are you going with Calvillo after we've yeah, all think, tipped yeah, her so highly so, earlier? Yeah, <laughs> as we've been singing her praises so much. But I think with Esparza, coming off the ultimate fire and that, there's been so much made about her. But I think after that beatdown from Joanna, yeah. she hasn't been the same. I think she lost to that random Marcos, who's seven and six or like... She's very what, one-dimensional. Who's one, one of those she's lost in that. And I think the momentum's all in Calvillo's way, so... Grinding out a decision though, I can't see, I can't see a finish in this because the Spars has has shown to be quite tough. So. Yeah, I, I, th- no I think no. one one of the most surprising things for me is they're actually both the same age. The only, the only, the only <laughs> thing is, yeah, but <laughs> when I when I say it now, but Spars's first pro fight was in 2010, whereas Cynthia didn't take her first pro fight till 2016. She's kind of a pioneer, isn't she? Asparza? Yeah, she's. She was, she, a, she was not the first champion. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, she was the oh, first featherweight yeah, one. They did yeah. the tough season oh, and she won it. Yeah. 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 Um, so with this, then I think it's kind of clear. We said earlier the UFC wants to push Calvillo and get in like a former champ on her record. Um, as far as it is very one dimensional, and Cynthia's quite a bit bigger if you see them yeah, next so to yeah, each other. And so I think she could either use her size to strike, or it may be a case of Esparza wrestling into Calvillo's guard and of her eventually finding an arm across the three rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing for me was I, I, I remember watching Esparza against um, Jessica Penne, who's another sub- submission specialist, and she effectively, what she did is she would take her down and then she would get straight up before there was a chance to put a submission in, so she would be the one kind of asserting the control, but she would get out there straight away. But I'm not sure if that would work, and it's kind of you. You use it now. You use your Joker card kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so maybe it will be picked up on. Um, I don't think it's going to be a fun one to watch. I think no. it's going to be in between like subpar striking. It's going to be kind of uh, wrestling in guard and Calvio looking to make, uh, looking to find her arm or a neck whilst uh, Esparza tries to just keep her keep her grounded. Um, Rory, what about you? Yeah, Calvio wins unanimous decision. Pretty much. Yeah, Calvio wins unanimous decision. I don't really think I can add anything yeah. more to what you said there. Uh, Troy, you finally? Yeah, I'm going with the same. I think, um, like you say, it's not it's not exactly the most exciting of, of fights. This going to be. No, um, no. I think, I think they're being a bit, you know, uh, politically correct by keeping the weight, the, you know, a, a female fight on the main card. As they usually do, they they like to keep one at least one on each main event uh, pay per view card. There's there's a few fights on the prelims that we're just looking at that could have easily been on the main card above this fight. But yeah, going with Cynthia for this one, and hopefully she can set up a, a title shot next year sometime. Do you think maybe it's something they kind of just got to do? Like you've you've got you've got to get it out of the way, get the name on a resume, but you want people to see it at least. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we move on, then so. For me, the second most interesting fight on the card. So you've got Rivera against John Lineker. Mm. Really tough one for me. Like <laughs> Rivera, whenever I've spoke to him, has been a really nice guy. And Lineker is my my favourite in the UFC. So it is it is really tough. Um, Jack, if you want to go first, um, who are you taking to win this one? I'm picking Rivera for this. I think the way Dillashaw handled with... Uh, Lineker, I think uh, Rivera will take a very similar approach to to this because although Lineker was on a crazy win streak before yeah. this and that, it did it did seem to get found out quite quickly by Dillashaw and then Rivera's yeah. main game is wrestling. So I think the way, especially Adam Rivera on his win streak alone, I think it... 20 fight win streak he's on. <laughs> it's, it's incredible, isn't it? And I think, will he get the finish? No, because Lineker's too tough for that. But I think it could end up being quite a dominant uh, decision. For me, the interesting thing here is Rivera has been hurt in fights where he's got he's one of them where he's got his clear way to win, but he doesn't always. And the fact is quite predictable now, I think. Yeah. As well. So Lineker can be looking for for that uppercut. That's shot, the thing. Could... Lineker literally has to land one, and you see that first one where they land. You see their eyes kind of flare up, yeah. and they're like, "What the hell has just hit me?" This, this was um, this was actually my thinking when when talking about this fight. Of of you know it might not be as straightforward as I originally would have thought. Uh, I would originally pick Jimmy Rivera as well, um, but just looking at his record and the fact that most of his victories have come by decision, um, he is the sort of fighter that you said. Yeah, he's not really going to end the fight in one he's blow. A clever point fighter. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, 
John Lineker's the sort of fighter that could end the night at, at any point. So it's a dangerous fight for Jimmy Rivera, Definitely. I think. But if he gets this gets this victory, then I mean, he he's surely destined for something next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can't they can't keep avoiding him forever, sort of thing. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Jimmy Rivera for those. To be fair. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Rivera. I think it's interesting. I don't think it's one you can really pull your eyes away from. One thing that kind of put me off picking Lineker was in his last fight. Hopefully, it was just his comeback, but he had his jaw broken by TJ, and he looked mm. a bit tentative in his comeback. And he was against um, Vera. Marlon Vera. Against yeah, Marlon. yeah. I just mean Vera was previously like a guy he'd walk through, and he yeah. looked a bit more tentative. I think he dropped the opening round in that one, and so hopefully, hopefully, it was just kind of the nerves, but. I think it could be a wrestling clinic or it, I think it's more likely that Rivera gets hurt but comes back and does what he does. Dominates. Maybe he needs that wake up early on. Um, moving on then, so we've got two fights left on the card. So, uh, <laughs> I thought you'd Again, in. Just, just, just avoid me. No, it, it is pretty it's much... Like messed up. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> I just came in. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty much what you lot said. I think Lineker's got the potential to end it. But at the same time, I don't even be given the chance to end it. I just think Rivera is going to be much too wide. He's so fun when he's in his flow. When he starts ripping them body and head, like yeah, <laughs> he on the UFC game, he's unreal to use. Like, I love <laughs> using him. Um. So yeah, uh, Khabib against Barboza. Do you think this is as clear cut as some are making it sound, Rory? If we go to you first for this one, I, I mean, can't lift, miss you out there. Yeah, obviously, you know, I am probably number one. Habib fan in, in Team Khabib in the country but uh, I think he's ridiculous I, I've earmarked him to be a title contender before he even knew his bloody name but just the way he wrestles is ridiculous but I think that the thing that really does open my eyes to this one is Barboza's speed yeah definitely and I don't know whether he have the same sort of I'll kick you from any angle because of Habib's wrestling but if he starts landing the body kicks on a guy that's notorious for struggling to make weight. It's a good shout. I didn't think of that. I, I can't see, you know, I can see him causing a few problems. I can't see Habib just maybe dominating as much as people are making out. But at yeah. the same time, if he gets you to the ground, he's a nightmare trying to get him off you. As well as being fast, he's got that unpredictable factor, hasn't yeah. he? We mentioned the fly in the earlier. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not so conventional that he's going to be a big overhand right he's looking to land. No, or... exactly, exactly. So he might do a bit more. But yeah, I think, the speed I, I've got down, the speed is the key aspect, but the speed doesn't count for much when you're on your back. No, that's my point. Yeah, I just, I just think he's gonna. The first time he glues himself to Barboza, like Barboza's a wiry, like a, I can't imagine he's gonna be able to live with the strength of Habib once he gets hold of him. We said with um, Golovkin when he kind of looked human against Jacobs it encouraged people to fight him and it's been the same for other fighters in the yeah. past do you think maybe him getting clipped by Michael Johnson is kind of the best thing that could have happened to him because see I, I think a lot of people are reading this into this well this is what he, I'm he saying he never looked hurt in my, I don't, he got clipped, I watched it again but, the other day he did look hurt but what I was going to say is it now encourages others to get in there who previously wouldn't have given themselves a chance yeah maybe but I I think yeah he, he was clipped but I don't think he was ever in trouble okay. maybe like I think there's a lot a lot's been read into it and you know, Michael Johnson, if he hits anybody in that division, he's going to cause him So, problems. are you going for Khabib stoppage or Khabib decision? Uh, he seems to be getting better with his wrestling, just yeah. the little things, the way he was pinning Johnson's arm yeah, I and think, um, shouting at him. No, I, so long, yeah. I just think it would be dominant. That's a good be point. Dominant. Yeah. Uh, Three Jack. rounds, but not a stoppage yeah. for that reason that it's been yeah. that long. 
Yeah, I think I thought it was going to be quite controversial when, yeah. when, when, with this uh, Barboza talk, but it all depends what Barboza shows up because you have seen him at times really underperform when when the spotlight was on. Like I look back to when he fought Cerrone and that, yeah. and that was meant to be a real pick and fight and yeah. it was a jab that put him down. So I think yeah. <laughs> it's, it's whether Khabib, and I think Khabib will be willing to take one of those body kicks just to grab a, grab a hold of his leg. And, yeah. that, and it's just, like you say, with the weight cut, it could... It's one of them hard ones where it could go either way, yeah. but I think I think Khabib takes him down, and I think he does finish him. I think yeah. he submits him. Fighters seem shocked by how physically strong Khabib is as well when they when he how gets hold of them. Still now be surprised when you're yeah. watching what he does. I think it's one of them, like we said with um, maybe, maybe not so much with Lineker, but someone where they hit you and you don't mm. kind of realize how hard they hit until you get caught with Khabib. Maybe because he looks kind of like a smaller guy that you can shove him off, but when he's obviously on top of you, it's obviously like three times well, that. Yeah. It, it is like you said; it's millimeters that he he puts himself in the exact perfect yeah. position. And Troy, what about you? Um, tough fight, um, but I am gonna stick with it and go with Khabib. Uh, he's, he's he's been a long time out, so we're not gonna see the best Khabib. I don't think. I think that he's just looking to get fifteen minutes under his belt. Um, won't be trying too much to flash. I think his his game plan will be taken down as soon as he gets through the opening exchanges. Get through that, take him down and then repeat until the fight's over. But I, I do think, though, that uh, Barbosa is, is almost like uh, a Tony Ferguson... Not I don't want to say clone because they're not that similar, but they are similar shape fighters, similar type yeah. of fighters. So I think that this could provide some sort of insight to the to you know the possible Khabib-Tony matchup. Um, obviously, we know that Barbosa and, and Ferguson, they did fight. Uh, a couple of years ago, and it was a fucking great that's a, yeah, fight. That's another rematch. It was a really good fight. Yeah, it could have gone either way, really. And to be fair, um, he, I think he got him with a dash choke. Painted dash choke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, Barbosa's no joke on the ground either. He's a Brian Bout in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under Thomas Almeida, which is obviously no no joke bout. So I don't think he's he's gonna be completely, you know, uh, abused on the ground. So it's going to be a case of it could be interesting anyway, especially yeah. as we haven't seen Khabib in over it's probably been over a year now, and it's yeah, his last, last fight. New York, New York yeah. Club, isn't it? Yeah. But that is kind of Khabib. That is how he has fought for most of his career, kind of once every twelve months I can't or so. Believe he's only twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He seems like he's been around for a long time and not really getting to that next level. But yeah, I think uh, a dominant performance here should you know do something good for him anyway. So I'm hoping for that. All right, and then the big one, the main event. So we have a cyborg against Holm, um, and I think I'm not too sure how people are going to pick this one. I've been kind of a bit intrigued all day. I mean, I am a self-professed Holly Holm fan, so I'm going to go with her. But just to yeah, just so it. Well, I think for one, I can't stand cyborg whining about <laughs> whining about being tested. Obviously. She's going to be tested when you look at it. She looks like a life-size version of one of those goblins from Gringotts Bank on Harry Potter. <laughs> that is literally what she looks like. And then it turns out Holm has been tested more than she has. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on her Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And I think she seems like she, her ego might get the best of her. And she's been looking to stand with people when she can get them out of there a lot quicker than she has been. Mm. Um. For, she's one of those ones we don't know how old they really are. We don't know. What's Cyborg's background? Like her fighting background? She boxer? Well, it's predominantly striking, but yeah. she, she has got, got a black belt. Yeah, I was yeah. saying she's a striker, but I was just. 
I don't really because I haven't really well, seen her. She, she, yeah, she's yeah. never had to be seen on no. that. Is a, is, a, is a class, class yeah. striker. You know, we, so. that's the thing. We've not really seen Cyborg tested to know how far she yeah. can go either. Mm. We've not seen her go into the later rounds against anyone. We know she's got the strength. Yeah, but they should think, how long does that last in a fight? So that's the thing. For me, I think Hull has to use her movement and keep it solid for two and a half, three rounds, which is obviously a lot easier said than done. But it can be quite discouraging if she can get her kicks in early. It's just how much she fears the takedown, because obviously firing the kicks, you can get taken down. So it's it's also, I thought, the first time she's not going to be the bigger woman going in there. Yeah. Group, and yeah. that could be interesting because at bantamweight she's considerably bigger mm. than most of the strikers there, and at least she has the, the longer reach. Yeah, I think we just need to see her not be tentative to strike like she was against Durandami. That was ultimately her undoing, and against Shevchenko she was just a, just wasn't the better woman on the night. But I think we've seen what she can do, and she just has to do it. And maybe kind of the fear like she had with Rousey could be what elevates her to go on so I'm, I'm going to go with um, a late stoppage for home I think when she's knackered cyborg out if she can't get the takedowns her takedown defence is very good it's just how she performs when she's on her back and if she stuffing takedowns one of the most knackering things it can be isn't it we just don't really want to see her in the clinch I don't think with cyborg where the size can really pay and the size of her elbow is just <laughs> um, Rory what about you on this one uh, one thing that I do think I was quite underrated. I mean, we mentioned best coach of the year earlier. If there's ever a guy that you want drawing you up a game plan, it's Phil Jackson and Mike Winklejohn. They're Greg they're, Jackson. What did I say? Mike Jackson. Just Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil. The ex, Phil, the Phil ex, Jackson. The ex, uh, Nick's six rings. <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. Uh, the ten rings. Anyway, Jackson, Jackson Wink, we're just calling that from now on. Yeah. Um, you know, you see, like, they have their own paces and techniques from that camp of the... You know, the, the, the kick, the oblique kick yeah. that they call it. I looked over them for the incessant use of PEDs in that camp. Yeah, I mean, you got that. <laughs> That's why Hendricks yeah. had got in there. Um, but I, I just think um, a lot, it's the kind of fight we're going to know what's going to happen within the first two minutes of the fight. If yeah. if Cyborg's connecting, she's clinching her up, a lot like we knew straight away with Holly Holm via Ronda Rousey. We knew within two minutes, we were like, oh shit, this is completely <laughs> different to what we thought. And despite, obviously, now we know Holly Holmes a lot better than probably what we thought she was back yeah. then. I still think Cyborg will get the job done purely for the size needs of the it. woman. She needs it, doesn't she? Because she is the first real yeah. name we've seen her in against. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. I think she'll win, and I think... Is her first pay-per-view headline? Yes. Yeah, headline. She headlined a fight night card, yeah. and it was yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just her mauling. It wasn't Evanger, it was the one before... But I'm not too sure it was. I was going to say Latorno at first, but Lansburg. she was smaller. Yeah, oh Lansburg. yeah, that was horrible. That was a bully beatdown. Yeah, that was the one where I think she cried afterwards. Landsberg just getting beat that badly. Um, yeah. Jack, if we go to you, I think like like Rory said with the with the game plan, and you know the way they built up with the Rousey thing. Home went into MMA yeah. to defeat Ronda Rousey, and I think they will have that same sort of intensity going into the camp when facing Cyborg because they know how much of a yeah. how much of a challenge this is but I think Home was the one to find Ronda Rousey out and then I think people realised that's how they could have got yeah. her so I think not saying Ronda Rousey's like yeah I, I get good, what you mean but Holly, Holly Home was just the first to yeah to I don't think anyone out. could have executed it like she exactly. did yeah she's and got then, an intelligent fighting break yeah. exactly but then I think 
you can since then her performance has been like she can take a shot underwhelming to say the least yeah and then well yeah when you look at the size of cyborg i I think it's a second or third round finish for cyborg do you think submission or knockout knockout i think from the clinch just beating her up with the elbows knees yeah i don't want to see that if she pins her up against the cage it is game over um and troy if you close us out yeah i'm i'm uh pretty much inclined to agree uh with a cyborg domination, a late sort of well, not late on, but more yeah, round sort of second, third round maximum. Uh, I'd love to see Holly Holm win it though. To yeah. be fair, I would like to see her. I think if if she manages to do what you said, Luke, and survive them early, yeah. you know, stages, then she does stand much a better chance. And I do think that she does have a very intelligent brain, and she does. She obviously goes into her into her fights with a good game plan. But like you say, we well, like we said, she's come unstuck a few times yeah. in the last few outings. Yeah. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how she gets on. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Cyborg with the menace that is. So yeah, Cyborg. Okay, that wraps us up. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. Thanks uh, all of you for joining me. And uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everyone listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, comment, all that business. And catch all them interviews we've yeah. done over the year. We'll be back.